Welcome to the One Sealed Letter podcast, where we explore the legacy of letter writing and bring this beautiful art form into the 21st century. I'm your host, Kay Collier, the voice and warm body behind this podcast, and Catherine Hastings and company, our sponsor. Today, we have the privilege of learning from Elaine Charles, a certified handwriting analyst. Elaine leads hundreds of events each year teaching about handwriting analysis. Her signature talk, The Power of the Pen, incorporates humor, expertise, and ability to motivate for a better life. In this informal conversation with Elaine, she shares some of her wisdom with us and makes a case for how we can use our handwriting to improve our own lives. If afterwards you'd like to have your own handwriting analyzed, you can simply follow the link in the show notes to get in contact with Elaine. She and I will also lead a fun training about handwriting analysis in the coming months, so stay tuned. Also, as a quick apology from me, you may notice that the audio in the podcast is a bit scratchy. This was the only podcast that I've recorded by phone, and safe to say I've learned my lesson. The good news is Elaine's audio is much better. Also, I know you'll find her so fascinating that you won't notice the audio much once she starts speaking. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Elaine Charles. We can just get started, and I would love first just to hear more about graphology as a whole, because I can imagine a lot of our listeners haven't heard of the term and um, probably wouldn't be aware of all the amazing applications that it has. Well, certainly. Um, Handwriting, first of all, I think it's more important, handwriting per se is similar to a paper snapshot of you at the time that you write. Your handwriting is not only a diagram of your unconscious mind, but the traits you project to others through your handwriting indicates how you feel about yourself. You're projecting this unconsciously. It reflects, uh, among many other things, your self-confidence, self-reliance, and also does mirror some fears and defense traits usually in most writings. Uh, each time we, each time you t- pick up your pen and you put it on the paper, you're declaring, hey, this is who I am, or this is how I feel about myself, and that's what you're projecting to others. Now, handwriting analysis is what I term a soft science that correlates handwriting patterns with personality traits. Handwriting analy- analysts identify and interpret handwriting patterns, and their reflections to personality. The reason I term it a soft science is that if it was a hard science, and I said every time I, I put my finger on this spot, you get that result, but it depends on the evaluation of the individual analyst. They might come up with a slightly different uh, slant, if you will, if you'll excuse the pun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I mean, that definitely makes sense. Uh, and just for what they might be aware of in their own writing, I could see where they would bring in their own filter somewhat to somebody else's writing. Um, and you had some great examples of t- different things that you look for that might show maybe their mindset. And their mindset. In their mindset? They, what? Well, some of the t- characteristics... Uh, that might show up in a writing, and I'm going to use yours as an example, if that's all right. First of all, the first thing I look for, Kay, is the forward slant, or whether it's forward, whether it's vertical, whether it's leftward. Now, your writing is very much of a forward slant, 
suggesting emotional responsiveness, suggesting that you're readily reaching out to other people in terms of helping them or giving ideas out or being excited. Um, this is, a, and it's your slant is, is very, very consistent. Uh, that's the first thing I look for. Uh, your writing shows a great deal of intelligence. The M's and N's are jagged, um, all of, practically all of them. The deep V wedges are sharp analytical ability. The upper wedges in your M's and N's suggest uh, exploratory ability. Or, and when you put those two together, you're more saying, I, I prefer being my own boss. Please don't tell me what to do. I want to be in control of my life, my destiny, and my decisions. You also, like, you're so strong. Uh, your writing is beautifully strong. Many, many of your T stems are shorter than the upper loops, which is called independent thinking, which means that uh, you're not afraid to say to someone, hey, try my idea. It's a really good one. And talking of ideas, you've got buckets full of ideas with the uh, upper loops very, very fully looped L's that suggests an active imagination. And because of the forward slant and your analytical uh, mind, you want to share those ideas with others. And I'm not surprised that you're in the communication field because many of your T bars join to the next letter. It's called fluidity of mind. And it means you can almost anticipate what someone's going to say to you and then you can smooth over a difficult subject or change the subject and, the, and they won't even be aware that you have done that. Your, your left margin is fabulous. It drifts to the right when you did your, your favorite saying, which uh, is beautiful. Beauty is its own excuse for being, which I think is beautiful. Um, that means that you're moving to your future. Left is the past, right is the future. So you're eager to jump into your future. There's so many, uh, your signature is exactly the same as your text, which means you're very genuine. You're saying, hey, the K you see is the K you get, and if you don't like it, well, this is the only one I've got. Your yeah. T in the word beauty has a beautiful flourish to it, which is your flair, your own sense of flair and showmanship. The sharp-topped S's are wonderful common sense, which isn't prevalent is not prevalent too often these days. You even have a lovely dancer's stroke in a capital R and the K of your signature, which means that you not only have the flair and flow in your personality and through your writing, but people remember you. People, You make a greater impression on others than you would even conjecture yourself. Mm -hmm. There's a lovely suspended H on the word, like it starts above the baseline in the word handwriting. And what that means is you want to reach out to others with, to, for your help, for your ideas, and a very wide lower loop in the G of handwriting, which means you're a lot of fun. You love variety. You love uh, a little bit of ch change things up a little bit. Uh, and that makes you fun, and it attracts people who are fun to you. Those are the kind of people that you attract. And that's just a few things in your writing. Uh, there's a tiny little tie loop in the word for, and that is persistence. So you're not someone who gives up. That's for darn sure. 
and a breakaway stroke in the H of handwriting at the base of the letter, which is your initiative. You don't wait. You say, let's go for it. And that's just a few things. I could wax poetic about your writing for a long time. I, I Well, I know, I'm glad we're recording this because I know you're not intending to compliment me, but I'm hearing so many things. And I'm like, really? That's true about me? I love that. Um, but also, just it, it does resonate with things that I notice about my analytical ability, but then also this creative path and, and really wanting to share it with others. And, uh, yeah, I mean, everything you're saying is spot on. I actually had my husband look at it um, earlier today, and he said, yeah, these are these are right there. Um, and so I'll actually have to hire you to do his so that we can compare how they're different because you can probably imagine we have very different scripts. Um, Sometimes writing in a couple, uh, depending on how long you've been married, I've seen a couple writing that is almost exactly the same because they have taken on the cloak of the other's personality. So but I'm, I'm happy to do your husband's writing uh, very, very much. It could be exactly the same or it could be vastly different. It doesn't mean that it's a bad thing if it's, if it's vastly different. The uh, challenge I've got with your writing is I would be hard-pressed to give you any um, graphotherapy homework. The precept behind graphotherapy is change your writing, change your life. So that if I saw things in your writing that could enhance existing traits, strengths that you have in your writing, I might suggest a small exercise to change one stroke in your writing so that you're projecting uh, other things to other people and yourself, and it would if you if it becomes usual for you to make that change, then you will actually be projecting or you will take on the additional strength that I've given you the graphotherapy exercise for. That's the um, um, object of change your writing, change your life, because handwriting is not really coming from the hand; it's coming from the brain. So it's really brain writing. Therefore, uh, the brain is giving, sending messages down to your hand and arm as to how the, you put those marks on paper. However, if I give you graphotherapy exercise and you then adopt it in your personality uh, and in your writing in, in conjunction with reading perhaps some very inspirational books that you enjoy, then you're sending different messages from the hand to your brain. So when it becomes usual for you to make that change, you will have shifted those different aspects of your personality. The graphotherapy per, per se provides an opportunity to enhance, like I said, in, enhance strengths and mitigate fear and defense traits reflected in your writing by changing those select strokes combined with the inspiring personal growth reading it's a it's so for example if you said that you know gee my writing is just like my husband's i make my t-bars exactly the same uh weight the same direction the same height on the t-bar then i would say perhaps then you have admired something about your husband and you have taken on that person's cloak so best to know what you're taking on in terms of emulating something in your writing from someone else, because you you could be taking on a fear or defense trait and not even know it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting you're mentioning that. It's cause my husband's handwriting, I recognize it when I see it, but I can't recall what his T's look like. But I know when I was in my early 20s, 
I had, I'm in my um, almost mid-30s now, um, but in my early 20s, I had very straight writing that was very controlled, and I had a lot of, like, pent-up grief and anxiety, and it looks very beautiful, but now I just write, and it's quick, and it's flowing, and I don't have those struggles I used to have, but I... Um, I, I do kind of wonder about that too and how maybe somebody wants their letters to look like it's a beautiful design that they've maybe seen on Pinterest or somebody else's handwriting. And I'd never thought about that as actually then maybe they're bringing in traits that they actually might not want just by bringing in that design style and the message that the handwriting is then bringing to their brain. I knew a lady uh, years ago and she was an extremely dynamic speaker, really dynamic. And she did all the balloons, the round circles on her eye dots, which meant that she had to be different. She stood out from others, and she really did. And one day she was shocked to find that her whole family, including her children, her husband, everyone, was doing round eye dots. And what that meant to me is that that was a compliment to her because all her children and her husband were saying, I really admire mom because she's so dynamic and I want to be just like her. I want to be as dynamic as her. And in a, in a sense, they were taking on her cloak. And I wouldn't be surprised if some, of, if some of her children perhaps decided to take a drama class or anything else, public speaking, a debating uh, club, anything to be like mom. But that would have been um, unconsciously projected through that paper mirror of their writing. That's fascinating. And I, I think I maybe missed it. So if somebody does, um, what you're explaining with the eye dot is they're drawing a circle rather than just doing a dot. That is someone who wants to stand out or little hearts or, or stars or anything like this, <laughs> which I've seen. I've seen all of those. And unconsciously they're saying, I want to stand out. I want to make a difference. I want to make my mark. And sometimes I've saw, seen it uh, sometimes only in the signature. So, again, it's a very personal thing in that regard. They're saying, personally, I want to stand out. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah now that you're mentioning that, I've seen celebrity signatures that have that. Um, I know sometimes when I write someone a birthday card, if they have an eye, I'll put the heart. And usually I'm thinking of it from the perspective of just, love you, and here's this little heart in your name. But in other, I would, you know, I don't put it in any of my other writing. Uh, and that could be your mood as well, because your writing will change with your mood. It can change two or three times a day very gently, depending on your mood, or if something traumatic happens, it can change drastically. Uh, years ago, I thought I'd put enough money in the parking meter, and I came back at what I thought was exactly the time. Well, the parking meter person had an earlier time, they, he, he or she didn't have the time I thought, and I had a ticket. And I can assure you, when I wrote that checkout to the ministry, it was far heavier. I was so angry that my normally moderate pen pressure came out somewhat like Jack the Ripper. It was like <laughs> the, 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 the pressure of the pen almost went through the paper. I can imagine the person who got it almost was shaking when they got it because you could clearly see the anger in the strokes because of the and, – and so that's one aspect of your, your writing changing with your mood. For example, I, I've known some people that when they're doing in their business, 
they have a vertical slant because that's they're taking a more objective, uh, less emotional mood. But when they're writing to their parents or writing, a, like you said, a, a thank you note or a birthday card, they're writing gently or f- dramatically moves forward because more of their emotions are involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's, that has me thinking also about just being able to maybe understand family members that we didn't know um, through this podcast. I'm looking at a lot of historic letters, and I'm wondering if maybe it would be a good idea to look at some of my ancestors' letters and see how they wrote to get a sense of their personality. Many people do that. You'd be surprised how many people do that. Send me the writing of their their mom who passed away or their dad or or uh, a long-lost relative or even uh, I've spoken to the uh, Sherlock Holmes group up here and we had Sherlock Holmes writing and Watson's writing and everyone else so that they would have a better you, you never judge anybody from their handwriting. You never look at someone's writing and say, man, I knew he was a turkey before I saw his T-bars. <laughs> now I see his T-bars. I know this chap is a turkey. But it's so that you can understand that person more effectively so that you can communicate more effectively with that person. That's why you would be looking at their writing. And I have uh, people say to me, can you do... Um, uh, my friend's writing, my, my husband's writing, or my um, my son's writing, whatever. And if they know that their writing is being analyzed, that's fantastic. If they don't know, I tell people, that's called a third-party analysis. It's not so great, but if I did, I tell people, if I do your son's writing or your husband's, and he doesn't know that we're having this done, I will make it so that you could give it to him as a gift. So that... You know, if there's any fears or defenses, I likely will not put them in there because yeah, he doesn't yeah. know. He didn't get permission for his writing to be analyzed. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think it's interesting, too, that you're mentioning it's not something that you can use it to diagnose. So you can't say, oh, this person was clearly a, like an axe murderer or something because look at this handwriting. But you could say, okay, this person is very troubled. These are some traits that we see about maybe challenges that they're having emotionally from what we're seeing in their script. Is that right? You can see that, yes. Now, for someone who's uh, violent or uh, other less um, flattering uh, traits, there has to be a um, series of, like for someone who is deceitful, you have to see a series of strokes in the writing that would lead you to perhaps be able to say something like that. Um, the, the, the biggest criticism I get is that people say, well, you didn't tell me enough of what was wrong. And I tend to go with the positive, but I do highlight um, gently traits that they could either, that good folks who write to me, could change to enhance and strengthen certain existing strengths or mitigate fears and defenses. I've been very lucky. I haven't seen many of those writings except in my studies that are, because they give it to you as an example, uh, someone who is violent or, or whatever. I've been very fortunate. I have not seen writing like that. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a bit of a blessing. Well, and it's probably also the way that you are in the world that you don't you're not really attracting that to you and so I can see where you're not you're not in a space where a head space where you would have that around you um 
when people actually are afraid sometimes to have their to have me look at the writing, they'll say to me, "Oh my goodness, what am I? I'm a serial killer." And I'll look at them and I'll say, "You're only a serial killer if you eat Cheerios." <laughs> and they have a they have a chuckle over that. Sometimes it takes them a minute to get it, but they, they, when they get it, they laugh. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that was something I did notice in your um, video, and I'll, I'll have to link to it in the show notes so everyone can see you and, and just the, the presence of you because you're in a ballroom, and it, it's a setting where normally you see people being totally serious, but you're making this topic really come alive and people are laughing and it just, yeah, it came through so clearly in that video. Thank you so much. That's what I usually convey when I give my talks. It, it has to be, it has to be fun. As uh, Mark Twain said, it's a terrible death to be talked to death. So <laughs> try to make it interactive and fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. Well, who doesn't love talking about themselves or learning about themselves in, in a way that's, that's fun like this? It's something to explore. Um, well, yes. And on the the improvement side, so you mentioned people often want you to give them feedback about what's wrong or what's bad, and you're more looking at traits and kind of things they could do maybe to support yes. their personality. But I'm wondering, are there certain exercises that everyone should work with in their handwriting, like anything that helps with compassion or optimism or letting go of the past? Because you mentioned some of those traits that you can see in handwriting. Are there things that just all of us could be doing Yes. Yes. Just for, now, one example, right off the uh, top, if you are striving to be more self-reliant, you might like to see how you feel by when you sign your name. Do one single underscore from left to right under your signature. That signifies self-reliance, mm-hmm. uh, and that is across the board. So, if anyone uh, who's listening uh, would like to enhance their self-reliance, that would be a good thing to do. Also, just say that someone out there is saying, geez, you know, I'd really like to strive for higher goals. That's what I'd like to do. And they notice that their T-bars are either in the center, all of them, in the center of the stem or a little bit lower than the center of the stem. Um, They might like to say, you know what, I'm going to see how I feel by making a few of my T-bars in the upper portion, not at the top, the upper portion of the stems and just see how I feel. And you, you almost have to try it on, like when you go uh, and try on a piece of clothing at a clothing store or a pair of shoes and see how you feel. And if it causes you to feel uncomfortable, which it can, uh, you can choose to leave it for a couple of months and then go back to it. Mm-hmm. Also, just say that you notice that your downstrokes in your, on your letter Ys are bent say that like bowed um, to the left. Uh, Downstrokes, straight downstrokes reflect determination and all of yours are straight, um, okay? But if you notice that your Ys have a bent downstroke, you might like to see how you feel by straightening the downstroke and bringing, making, making sure if you do make a loop that it comes up to the baseline because that means good follow through. Years ago, I noticed, and uh, some of the analysts that I got to meet noticed, that I did my Ys with a bent stroke. And I wanted to enhance my determination, and my writing was normally, uh, usually forward slanted. So I started to straighten my downstrokes, 
And what happened as a result of that was the rest of my writing started to straighten instead of going to the right. And I kid you not, I felt uh, almost like not well to my stomach. And mm. so I had to stop for a while. And I just tried it gradually uh, every once in a while over the next five or six months. And now usually I can make a downstroke very straight and it's a natural. When it becomes uh, usual, you know you've shifted the uh, the trait stroke. Also, mm-hmm. say that, and I've seen this too often where you do a T-stem and someone will do a T-bar and it's significantly lighter than the T-stem. That The strength of a T-bar or the firmness of a T-bar projects willpower to other people. So when it's light, you're saying that you may give in if someone with a stronger will tries to push you this way or that way or the other way. So you might like to make make it a point to make your T-bars as firm as your T-stems in conjunction with reading a book that you uh, from the library that, that inspires you. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, uh, people I've seen people make T-bars to the left of the stem. Now, that's not bad. It means procrastination, but it d- suggests mm. that I don't want to afford something until I'm sh- absolutely sure it's right. Mm-hmm. So if that is working for you, great. Or if you would like to be, if you notice that and you think, oh, I'd like to be a little less that way, you might like to concentrate on pushing your T-bar right through the stem. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I've noticed too some people, and it's I don't get to see this very often, but some people tightly retrace the portions of the strokes on the M and the N. That is a form of repression, and it means you might like to tell a few people how you really feel, but you pull back from doing so. So I give them a little bit of an exercise to maybe make a little bit of a little bit even of a V wedge in the middle of those letters which will not only enhance their analytical ability, but maybe make them a little more forthcoming when they really want to tell someone how they're feeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that's fascinating. Well, and with handwriting, do you see, let's say, it's something where people are wanting to show a stronger willpower, maybe they're actually writing a letter to somebody that intimidates them, would their handwriting maybe change in that case where we might see a lighter stroke at the T-bar than if they were writing their best friend, they might do a heavier stroke, or is it more that that's kind of how they do their T-bar strokes? No, I think that you'd see, you'd see the change. You would see the change because if the person is someone who intimidates the heck out of them, you might even see their writing going a little bit to the left, which is saying, hey, I don't want you to come too close I, I want you, until I'm ready. Mm-hmm. You might see all kinds of subtle changes that might not even be overtly noticeable to uh, anyone looking at the writing, but as but knowing what you're looking for, you might say, oh, isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fascinating. Uh, and another question then, so if somebody were just to work on their handwriting um, and, and practicing these traits they're wanting to bring more into their life, do you recommend that, they just write something for themselves and then recycle it so that they're not using it necessarily as an archive is where they're at, but just practicing the hand connection to the brain? Or I guess what's the best way for them to start to solidify some of those things that they're wanting to practice? 
I don't think that there's a best way. Um, for example, if I gave you two or three things that you might like to look at in your writing, I would honestly suggest you work on only one at a time and only if you feel all right with it and coupling it with some good uh, personal growth reading. Mm-hmm. Also, there are exercises that you can do that are in um, a book such as Your Handwriting Can Change Your Life by Vimala Rogers or mm-hmm. another book by Paula Sassy. Where and these are both United States uh, writers, where even if you were to do a line or two, I was talking about the M's and the N's, if you did a line or two of just not intending it to be M's and N's, but just um, uh, arcaded strokes that have a V wedge, mm-hmm. uh, there, there, was a, there is an Israeli graphologist in Virginia who developed a marvelous little handwriting exercises program called Calirobics, and mm. I brought it up to Canada. I thought, what the he- where was this when I went to school? It combines music with simple graphic forms to help children mm. enhance their confidence, um, to give them more fine motor controls, enhance their brain plasticity, and to mm. make their writing even more flowing and natural. Uh, many teachers have used it, and uh, people who are helping people get their uh, dexterity back, their hand dexterity, someone perhaps who's had an accident. Mm-hmm. And little exercises like they have in these in this handwriting exercises book can help you connect letters more um, comfortably and mm-hmm. feel altogether more confident in terms of your writing and also enhance your confidence in the process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's fascinating. That's that's wonderful. Well, I'm wondering also, kind of along those lines, if you're one of those people that feels like, oh, I just don't have good handwriting. Um, and it's, I, you know, I get that a lot in my Instagram feed where people say, oh, I like your handwriting, but I don't like mine. And I just say, well, it's, it's your own mark in the world. And so just, you know, like your own writing. But do you have any tips about just kind of the, the aesthetic even of handwriting and how people can maybe get over some of their anxiety about using um, using uh, their handwriting. So I'm wondering something like working through this, these musical exercises in writing, is that maybe a way that would help with that? or It would certainly that? relax you. It certainly would relax the person. I have people all the time say to me, oh, your writing is so great. And I go, no, it's, I don't care for my writing. Most people do not care for their writing. But once they, with the analysis, once you know what your writing holds, what the meaning of the strokes are, and the wonderful qualities that you have inherent in your writing, it can change your whole idea and your whole attitude about your handwriting. And it might even Mm -hmm. uh, challenge you to write more thank you notes, uh, to use your writing uh, more often, there are um, so many so many wonderful traits in a handwriting and once you become self-aware you gain a new a wonderful sense of confidence and self-awareness from what is from what your writing is mm-hmm. um, it's it's a, a you can go quite to through quite a metamorphosis with it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can imagine that. Um, one on the other side, when you get a letter from somebody, just being able to see their writing 
makes it feel like they're closer, especially when I think about COVID and how special it is to send and write letters at this time. The last thing we need is to type a letter and print it to actually see the handwriting, even if the person doesn't think that it's good enough handwriting. It's so special to get a handwritten letter. I agree with you. And and just before I I actually uh, talk about that, I have a very good friend. Now, you talk about what's good writing and what's bad writing. My friend is a perfectionist, and her writing is perfect. However, in being perfect, it's also over-controlled, and there are actual many repressed uh, traits in her writing because she's afraid of losing control. So even when she is out of control, she's in control, out of control. There are people, by the way, who write with rulers for that very same reason is that they, are, they need to be or feel in control. And to write without a ruler would make them almost hyperventilate because they would feel they were out of control. As, as far as uh, handwritten notes, it has been shown that when you get a handwritten uh, letter or a note in the mail that you're more prone to answer the handwritten one before the typed one because mm. it's so rare. And there have been, for example, this, is, this was reported in the paper, there was an, a human resources person who interviewed thousands of people or 8,000 people, uh, close to 1,000, for a mere 200 job placements. And there was only one of those people who wrote her a thank you note. Mm-hmm. Only one. So it is a rare thing and it stands out. Uh, years ago, I took uh, uh, my friend's son to a place where they have all kinds of arcade games, which he loved. And afterwards, and the, the, my contact there gave us an extra playing card for him. And afterwards, I had him send a thank you card and to handwrite it. She took it to every single person in her company to show them that, look, this eight-year-old child, look, I got a thank you note. It was so yeah. rare. Um, there's some books have been written about the art of the personal letter and this is a quote for one of those books Uh, it says corresponding on paper lets you elevate a simple pleasure into an art form and art has always survived technology a handwritten note is like dining by candlelight instead of flicking on the lights like making a gift instead of ordering a product like taking a walk instead of driving. Handwritten notes will add a lot to your life. You can still use the telephone or the web for the daily chores of staying in touch, but for the words that matter, it's courteous, classy, caring, and civilized to pick up a pen. Hmm. I love that passage. I I love that. One, there is all this talk about, oh, letter writing is a dying art, and I really don't see it that way because... This is when paper came out, there was still parchment, <laughs> and we still have parchment today, uh, or like in this quotation, the candle hasn't gone away. I'm sure the candle souls are actually higher than they've ever been now um, because they're a luxury item, and people enjoy having candles in their in their home. Uh, yes. and I, yeah, I, I think about how bills now are often delivered electronically, so when you go to your mailbox, you might expect some catalogs that you might not be interested in. 
but it's not a place that people have fear like they maybe would have had 15, 20 years ago if they've had fear of money because that's coming through a different channel now. And so there's, I feel like there's still kind of a vacuum um, in the mailbox because there's so much space to have beautiful letters. And Yes. Yeah. And there are, uh, there are people, if you walk into any given coffee shop, you're going to see students in there with their computers, but they're also writing notes. And it has been shown through studies that students who take notes will actually absorb and learn more than those who type the notes. That's really, really important. There was a study done by uh, Dick Penn years ago that said many employees would prefer a thank you note from their boss, a handwritten thank you note, rather than even a few uh, small rays. They would rather have the add a boy or the add a girl. I think someone who has done more for calligraphy, which is a beautiful art form, than anyone else is Meghan Markle, uh, who yeah. years that's what she did. She, uh, she did uh, calligraphy. And she, when, when everyone saw her writing, all of a sudden there was an explosion of calligraphy sets in in craft stores and oh, in beautiful writing stores. That's really Which fascinating. You, um, well, I knew she was a calligrapher, but I didn't know that. I, I know obviously calligraphy is very popular now, but I didn't realize that she's been part of that spike. Um, when in, are you familiar with her the way she does her D's by chance? Not. Re- okay. I saw some of her writing years ago, but I'm, I, uh, it was a long time ago, so I haven't um, I haven't looked at it recently. Yeah, but she, she, oh, I was going to say it's a neat stylized D, and it's almost like a Renaissance arc. You know how they used to kind of arch back over their letters? Yes. And so she has that with the D, but I do think there's a difference between calligraphy and handwriting also. So I, um, Definitely. I do some calligraphy, but do you have um, any insights on that? Like if you do a, a maybe a trait in your calligraphy that you wouldn't want in your handwriting, does that still send the message to your brain? Or what are some of the guidelines there between this art form of calligraphy and then your kind of day-to-day handwriting? Well, you've nailed it where you said art form. The calligraphy is definitely um, definitely an art form, uh, no question about it. There, I've seen people who know calligraphy and who practice and their handwriting, and they are two separate things. They're, you wouldn't know one from another um, because you're, the different, you're also in a different mindset when you're doing calligraphy as well. There are actually companies where, say that you wanted all your invitations in your own handwriting, you can submit a copy of your handwriting to the company, and they will program it in their machines so that all of your invitations will look like they're in your personal handwriting. Wow, that's amazing. And couldn't you tell that it's a machine? I can forget the name of those machines that the President Kennedy mm. used to have, and it looked like a ballpoint pen, but it wasn't. Not necessarily, because it's so much like your writing, because you're, it's your font. They've made a font of wow. your handwriting. Wow. I know, I know. That's it's, it's it's really really interesting. Now people are have also uh, commented on the fact that cursive is not generally 
encouraged or taught in some North American schools. And that was the case, especially in the States a number of years ago. However, when the the powers that be discovered that the children could not read the Constitution, they started Mm -hmm. to reintroduce cursive writing as a in the core curriculum uh, there is uh, an excellent group in the states entitled campaign for cursive and they have a cursive is cool contest for not only canada but the states as well and they have uh, children who submit their writings and videos uh, and they win a prize for the the most beautiful handwriting oh, so cursive that. There's cursive writing is definitely making a um, <clears throat> excuse me a comeback. There was a little girl. Now this is a, a, a something that was posted. A, a lovely little girl in the states, and she wrote. She was great in grade three, and she wrote a lovely essay. She printed her essay, and she her mom had taught her how to do her name in cursive writing. So she put her name in cursive writing at the top of the paper, and the teacher wrote in great big letters. Uh, Mary, and this wasn't necessarily her name, Mary, I told you, no more cursive writing. Well, a neighbor got hold of this uh, essay and posted it, and it went viral. And you can imagine the trouble the teacher got into uh, at the school uh, when this exploded on the Internet. Um, Yes, and see, so cursive is definitely making a comeback. A lot of uh, adults now do a marvelous combination of print writing. It's half printing, half writing. And mm-hmm. when depending on the other traits in the writing, the most of the print writing I have seen, it is an indication of above average intelligence. So they have mm-hmm. actually uh, combined the two, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is a wonderful thing to do. Yeah. And so it's like a Danielian style but just their natural style where they might yes. do a cursive or a regular S, a print S with a cursive word. or Yes, and they've, uh, they've, they've, done, uh, they've developed their own style. Now, in your particular writing, um, you've done some marvelous breaks between the letters, and they have to be a certain kind of break, but you've done it perfectly, and that is intuitive ability. So you, I would venture to say, get very good gut feels about things and people, and uh, as long as you follow your gut, it usually will not steer you wrong. You also have a gorgeous Greek E leaning against the R in the word handwriting, which is a love of learning and challenge and a need for harmony. In the initials uh, that you've put for the person who gave, uh, who, whose quote you used, you've got a, a wonderful Greek E, which is also literary ability and creative ability. So your your handwriting exudes talent and flair. Your T-bars join one to another, which is that marvelous fluidity of mind I mentioned earlier. All of your A's uh, resemble O's, which means that you make the most difficult of tasks look very easy. It's just your way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I hadn't even noticed that I don't close my A's and O's. When you put that in the notes, I said, really? I thought that I closed them. And I also think it's just an element of Maybe it's speed in the writing too, but that's also indicative of we're just going through this and it's easy. Where if somebody's really taking time to to close a letter, inherently in the writing there is less ease. So I can kind of see where 
it works at a couple different levels there. I've known people who've done open uh, A's and O's, and they actually go back and, and, and a separate stroke, close them. So that could be mm-hmm. someone who wants to uh, extend their ideas to other people, but can be reticent about it, and in the, in the final analysis decides to close up the letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, um, I, I also, we were talking about other fun things you could do uh, in terms of handwriting. Uh, there are actually tree drawings, books on tree drawings that people can do that reflect something, some of the similar things that are in handwriting. For example, the uh, trunk of the tree is the middle zone or the everyday functioning. The uh, leaves in the tree is the subconscious or the upper loops. And the roots of the tree are the unconscious. So you can actually interpret tree drawings. And you can find that kind of thing on the Internet. There's also something called, I kid you not, pig drawing. If you draw a pig, I mean, it depends on where you put the pig on the page. It should be an eight and a half by 11 blank page. And it's the same thing for a tree. Where did you put the tree? Is it a small tree? Is it a big tree? Is it in the upper portion of the paper, the lower portion? Does the pig have a curly tail? Does does it have uh, four feet or two feet? Or does it have cloven hooves or whatever? All of these things, you can read personality into all these things. So we were talking about earlier uh, other fun things that you could do uh, with the handwriting. And I did a television show once where the host did this the angriest looking tree I have ever seen. It was just dark and, and jagged. And I said, well, obviously you're having a bad tree day. And he had a good chuckle out of that. Everybody laughed. <laughs> and he, it turned out he was having a bad day. So it showed in his tree. That's interesting. When, I, when I'm thinking about that, I grew up in Lake Tahoe. And so when I think of a tree, I think of a Jeffrey pine, which is a very specific type of pine tree that's kind of sparse. And so I also wonder, too, if you ask someone to draw a tree, if it might give you indications of kind of the environment that they're in. Is it where in Seattle it's very urban, and so if I were to draw yes. a tree from this experience, it's going to have a lot of leaves. It's probably a maple tree or, or a chestnut tree. Where you know the trees in Tahoe, you're pretty much just drawing a huge trunk <laughs> with some branches. Um, but yeah. But everything is everything is relevant. So uh, it would. Uh, I mean, are the leaves falling? Uh, is it a fully leafy tree, or is it a win- is it a winter tree? Is it is it is it sparse? Are there knots in the wood? Uh, is there a swing? Is there are there little animals down by the trunk of a tree? Everything is. It's quite fascinating. So that can be just as revealing as uh, handwriting uh, mm-hmm. in in its way, because you don't know. You're just drawing a tree or a pig or whatever, but you're not realizing the unconscious messages you're giving or writing a note to your friend and you're giving all kinds of unconscious messages that people, whether they realize it or not, are picking up. Mm-hmm. So and having your handwriting analyzed is, is, is not only fun, but it's very revealing and, and it can open up all vistas of self-confidence and ways that you can, again, enhance those strengths. On my uh, website, there's a profile page where you can, for a very modest, very modest price, um, send uh, send your uh, payment, and I send a handwriting form. And on the handwriting form is not only sent as a sentence to write, and then another space you could put your favorite saying, 
and then you'll notice that there's a uh, space below that says month of birth and date of the month that you were born, and that's so that I can send you a very, and I don't need the year, uh, a very fun overview numerologically of your 2020 year or whatever year it happens to be. And that is just a very, and it's, that is from a book called Colors and Numbers by Louise Hay, who is a very, is, was and is a very prominent writer in the States. I, yeah, no, and I love your work. And you actually remind me a lot of her. And so then when I got the notes and you'd mentioned her a couple of times, I go, ah, oh, makes so much sense. Um, and so for the numerology you did for me, I had the number seven, right? That. More of an perhaps more perhaps of a self-reflective year, and maybe mm-hmm. through what we're all going through this year with all this pandemic, you have had a chance more to reflect than you normally would have, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Well, I don't have to drive around, and so I've been able to take all my free time. Out, I have a toddler and a full-time job and all that. So outside of all that, um, I have had time just to dive into my art and building this community. Um, and you mentioned um, also in the notes some colors, and uh, you mentioned a gemstone and a keyword. Could you just maybe elaborate a little bit on that and how? That's just the ge- the gemstone that is mentioned is only mentioned for the fact that you may resonate with that gemstone just for this year, and the color uh, that you may resonate with the color for this year. I had one lovely lady who wound up with a number three, and her uh, color that she was to resonate with in that year was yellow. And she sent me a very angry and annoyed email saying, I'll have you know, I would never wear yellow. And I sent her a a lovely email back saying, uh, well, really, then don't wear it because this is only a suggestion of a color that may resonate with you this year. Don't carve it into stone. It's, It's a suggestion. Yeah, sounds like she could use some more yellow with that response, though. Just yeah, with that, yeah, she definitely joy. needed more yellow. And yeah. it's uh, every everyone has everyone has their own take on all different things, and it's always your um, it's always your free will. Mm-hmm. I can give you graphotherapy exercises, and you can say, well. My goals are just fine. Thank you very much. I don't need to uh, raise my T-bars or whatever. And that's fine because you're always the, the master or the mistress of your own destiny. That's very important to know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, and I think with any of these tools, it's more, I don't think ideology is the right word. It's, it's more like a, a lens that you can put on to see yourself. And then you can take it away and you can see where it fits and where it doesn't. And if there are things that tie into exercises that you do want to work on, it's just an option or something to work on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I always love getting these type of notes, though, because I go, oh, well, that, that's interesting. Because um, you mentioned amethyst for me. I actually was looking at amethyst yesterday. Uh, so it's just funny you mentioned that. Um, and I, I designed different sealing wax colors and heavily looking into purple, different shades of purple and trying to find the right purple. So that's totally on point. Um, and then the word faith, too, that word has come up um, just miraculously with this venture that I've been launching. And um, one of the audience members who will probably listen to this podcast, her name is Faith. And 
every point in this venture where I'm kind of like, I don't know if people are going to like this or how's this going to work? And like all of a sudden Faith is there saying, this is wonderful. I'm so glad you put this this out. And so um, it's a little bit it's uncanny in- that that was the word because he's been my reminder when I'm, when I've had doubts in this process. Some people have said they keep uh, the profile that I've sent them and look at it when they need a boost, mm-hmm. which is very nice. It's a very nice compliment. Interesting you had mentioned uh, the word lens. Um, this is a, a small quote from Change Your Writing, Change Your Life. Uh, she says, self-image is the lens through which we see life, and handwriting mm-hmm. patterns mirror the components of the prescription in that lens. I thought that was nicely stated mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very clear about how the handwriting relates to the way that we see ourselves and how it's something that's separate from who we are, but it's, the, it's our perception of ourselves. Yes, very much so. Well, this is so fascinating. Um, and so for all the listeners, we will have the, the links in the notes, um, but Elaine, I just want to thank you for being here and sharing so generously. Um, were there any other just, um, tidbits or advice that you wanted to give us as we wrap up? Just, I would suggest that you, that everyone listening, when you have an opportunity to write a thank you card or a birthday card or a letter of appreciation, that you actually pick up pen to paper and actually write it because it shows the person that you've put thought, extra thought in what you're writing and shows people that you care. And if you should, if you should think you'd like a handwriting profile, take a look at my website. It's a very easy one uh, to remember. It's uh, a www, of course, uh, elainehandwriting.com. Very simple. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, yeah, and I hope for all of you who are listening that you do um, reach out to Elaine and get your own handwriting profile. And Elaine, I'd love to work with you further on some of the stuff with my, my husband and I, but also there's an opportunity maybe we could do a, a group thing here where maybe we do a workshop and, and have people oh. learn more and get to practice. I would love that. I, I can do virtual Zoom um, talks. My My talk is called The Power of the Pen. And it's meant to have everybody laughing and learning how to communicate more effectively with others through knowing what the strokes of handwriting mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And it will include um, the YouTube video as well. But I just want to thank you once more for being here. And um, I'll include the, the rest of the notes after this. It's a, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for thinking of me and for including me in your lovely podcast. Once more, I'd like to thank Elaine Charles for educating us so generously. I can imagine you've loved hearing from her as much as I did. If you'd like your own handwriting analyzed, simply follow the link in the show notes. You can also follow upcoming trainings I'm leading. Elaine and I will collaborate on a handwriting analysis program this year and next. Of course, if you'd like the podcast, please be sure to subscribe, review, and tell your friends. This podcast is only being marketed by word of mouth, so any recommendations from you are very helpful. Today I'll sign off as Elaine signed off in one of her emails to me. Have a wonderful week.